Hey, this is Gerd Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love. Inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerds and today I want to share with you somebody who has 20 years of experience in the Spiritual Healing Forum. She's just amazing at what she does. There's so much wisdom and so many life experiences this person has been through. Um, I was actually blown away <laughs> by this episode. Her name is Lisa Barnett. She is an author, teacher and healer. She helps people to connect to the ancient wisdom of the Akashic Records. She helps people to access their own soul's intelligence to live more fulfilled lives. Hi Lisa, I'm so grateful to have you on the show and thank you for joining us today. Thank you and I am so thrilled to be here with you today. Oh bless you, I'm just looking forward to just sharing wisdom with you today and just seeing what comes up um, for our listeners and I just think I'm really fascinated about how what your life was like before you became a healer so how did you how did you go on this road <laughs> well you know it's an interesting or at least to me it's an interesting story but um <laughs> I was born awake which to mm. me means that when I was three years old I realized that I was trapped in a body. So it was kind of a very visceral feeling like, oh my gosh, my, my head all of a sudden, or my soul all of a sudden was like, oh, I've got hands. I've got a body. Oh my heavens, send me back. And I literally used to say that to my mother. I want to go home. I want to go back. Oh my God. Right. And poor mom was like, uh, you are home, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They might have thought they had a bit of a crazy child on their hands. So um, that was my first real memory. And then when I was in my teenage years, um, I actually had memories of having been a healer in other lifetimes. Wow. And so I started to study spirituality. Now, I was lucky to be living in California in the late 60s, early 70s. And um, the Maharishi was just bringing uh, transcendental meditation to the West. Wow. And there was all sorts of interesting books being written. So I started studying in high school, which I know is also another kind of weird thing to do, but I was, you know, again, a strange child. And so <laughs> I started studying and I went on and studied philosophy um, at university. Wow. But during that time, my two soul sisters, my two very best friends, both died in different ways. The first died of a brain tumor and the other died in a car accident. And because I was so conscious and aware, kind of awake, um, I was angry. I was angry at God. I was angry that, that the divine would take my friends from me when I felt that I really had uh, a soul purpose, some strong soul purpose. Didn't, wasn't sure what it was, though I did have that kind of healer connection already in memory. Um, so I got mad and basically, you know, told the divine to 
really, you know, take a hike and I'm going to go try and be a human, a normal, regular <laughs> person, which also was a bit of an enigma to me. So here it is. It's the seventies in California. There's a lot of craziness going on. And um, I decided that people came to make money and to travel, to have fun, to party, because a lot of partying going on out here <laughs> at that time in history, right? The seventies, the eighties, a wild time. And so I actually got a job as a bartender in San Francisco and I went down a bit of a wild um, kind of dark road with excessive partying mm -hmm. and, um, and really just trying to obliterate the pain and the trauma that I had experienced in the loss of my two soul sisters. Mm -hmm. And it actually went on that went on for almost 15 years until I ended up with pretty bad chronic fatigue and I went to an acupuncturist and the acupuncturist said you know I can help you heal your body but not your soul wow and she sent me to a psychic <laughs> okay <laughs> wow. and the psychic said to me you're a healer and it really kind of woke me back up again. I thought, oh my God, I knew that when I was 13. And mm. I forgot in my pain and trauma and anger at losing my soul sisters. And I said, you're right. And I literally started to study and I studied to become an energy healer again and studied for many, many years. Um, almost eight years with a, a, a wonderful teacher here and um, opened a healing center and wow. was doing energy healing and psychic readings, intuitive readings for people. And every once in a while, I would get a big booming voice. <laughs> And I would think, wow, that was amazing. The information that big booming voice gave me was so expansive, so much more than I got in a normal kind of intuitive healing section. I would get the kind of the soul story, the soul's plan, what they came to do, who they'd been, a lot of past life information, wow. a lot of karmic patterns. And I think, oh my gosh, that's phenomenal but I didn't know who I was talking to. And then again, it took another five years. So it's really been quite a process for me as I've gone through all these experiences. That was probably over 20 plus years of wow. kind of coming all the way back home mm. to like remembering. Oh, that's so beautiful. And it, you totally represent what the podcast is about. It's called the Inner Light Project. It's finding that inner light from within and mm. come back home to yourself it's it's so amazing so I have so many people on the show and everyone goes through these dark moments but I think those dark moments help you to tune back into who you really are but it's having that moment to remember or like say you know I'm ready to heal I'm ready to listen to what the divine wants me to be and I completely relate with a lot of a lot of the things that you were saying, I know there's a massive age gap, but like, it's just like, even when I was a child, like I used to have these feelings of like, I don't feel like I'm supposed to fit into this like group that I was in. Like I was here to just shine bright and be happy. And I, I didn't find, I didn't enjoy watching television. I didn't enjoy sitting down as a family watching that. I'd be like, oh, 
this is boring. <laughs> I just want to go and be free and silly. And as I, I was growing up, I had a lot of trauma as well. Like um, I had a lot of accidents. I lost a partner when I was 19. And I kind of like yourself, um, Lisa, I went on the rails of over drinking and partying and kind of it became my escapism. And then I had a lot of like, like I had a, a car accident, I had short-term memory loss, all these different things kept happening. Um, and it took until my mid-20s to actually wake up when I had a cancer scare. And it was a voice from within. And I, again, I found that really weird. I thought, is there something wrong with me? Um, who is this person? And I looked around when I was in the hospital because I heard it's time to heal. And I looked around and I was like, there's nobody there who's talking to me. And it was the divine saying, talking through me to say, you know, it's time to change your life. And I'd always felt like I was here to help people, but I didn't know how. And as I did the healing process and worked on myself and now in my mid thirties, I've just, it's amazing how, I don't know, like our souls remind us of who we are, but it, sometimes we have to go through these really dark moments to really come back. Right. I completely agree. And, you know, I love that you do this podcast because, you know, what I've noticed after doing healing sessions for tens of thousands of people around the world over the last, you know, 30 years, what I've really realized is one of our big human patterns is often to experience trauma and to, you know, kind of fall down that rabbit hole into things like, you know, chronic, um, you know, health problems or, yeah. or, you know, substance abuse, addiction, or, you know, a lot of us suffer kind of with the self-esteem and, and challenges with money. And they're often triggered by the trauma and I also believe that there are often ways for our soul to learn and grow and have these variety of experiences. And then eventually the soul says, okay, it's time now, you know, <laughs> and that often will show up as that chronic illness or that accident or that near death experience if it goes far enough. Right. And then we go, oh, that's right time to remember who I actually am. And, and that can be a process of many years, or for some people, it can be a process, honestly, you know, that happens almost instantaneously. But what I notice is we're all very unique in those ways, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it really is the soul showing up and saying, hey, you've come to do something. So let's remember it. Let's get back to it. You know, you've had your bit of fun. You've had your bit of trauma and challenges and you've learned and you've grown and now you've got some things to share. Yes. And I think that's a huge um, point because. Many years later, when I was in my, probably almost in my 40s, I said to the Akashic Record Keepers, because, you know, here I'm totally awake in my teen, you know, from, from like 13 to 21, when I told the divine to kind of F <laughs> off, you know, I'm like, I, did I totally blow it? Did I screw up my life? I could have been maybe, you know, who knows what and at my, in my 20s instead of, starting in my 30s and 40s. Mm. And of course, the Akashic record keepers who are my main source of information and wisdom um, said to me, 
No, it's perfect. Who would you be if you didn't have those experiences? You wouldn't have the compassion mm -hmm. if you hadn't experienced all the things that you have experienced. You wouldn't be able to understand other people's pain if you hadn't felt that pain. Yeah. And so it's all perfect. It really is part of our soul's plan. Yeah. I really believe that. And like, just looking back, like I used to think, oh gosh, the, the universe was always giving me these signs, like the car accident, the short-term memory loss, the, the other health problems. Um, but it, I still wasn't listening. I, I, I do a little bit of balance and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm fine again. But then the universe was like, right, you're not listening to me. So now here's a bigger thing. So give me the cancer scare. And then as I went on my journey, I ended up having a kidney problem. So I, I'm born with a kidney defect and I didn't know. And again, the universe was like, I'm going to bring you down to rise, to help you rise up again and bring more love and understanding and healing. And, you know, I used to think, oh gosh, if I'd known this earlier, I could have done this and this. But actually, as I started the healing process years later, it's like, oh no, everything is perfect. This is how it was meant to be, you know. It, it, we like you said like I think especially when our 20s we think we need to be at the top of the like top of the thing at such a young age when really the wisdom is just going through life and just trusting the day each day what comes up and just flowing yeah absolutely you know and the other thing I notice is we really work in layers, right? Like the old story kind of about peeling the onion. But what I've seen again over now a lot of years <laughs> of doing healing work on myself and on other people is that we can only kind of access that part of us that is ready to be mm. accessed. We can only heal that, that aspect that is available to be healed. And Often clients will come to me and, and they say, you know, can we clear all my karma and all my soul contracts and all my, you know, <laughs> X, Y, and Z. And I say to them, you know, if we did that, you, the soul, may actually leave the body because you would be wow. completely unanchored from the body and the contracts you made with the body. So it's important that we work with all of the information and our healing and our wisdom and our growth in kind of a step-by-step -step sort of way. So it's not so traumatic. When we wake up overnight, we're very disconnected, unanchored, ungrounded. So often people who wake up immediately or overnight find themselves sometimes in a sitting on a park fence. They find themselves homeless or maybe in a, some sort of mental care uh, facility because they've lost connection to their world, to their earthly beingness, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's important that we do things <laughs> step by step so we don't like, you know, disconnect ourselves from life. Yeah. Wow. It's so true. You're right. Like if you did everything, then what would be left? <laughs> so true. Gosh, wow. Right. Why would we be here? And so, so this is kind of the interesting bit of information I love to share about the Akashic Records and our soul plan. Because, uh, so let me just talk a little bit about what the Akashic Records are, because I know yes. it's become a hot topic, but a lot of people have heard it, but don't really know what that means. And so what your Akashic record is, 
is the recording of your soul's journey throughout all time space continuum. So what that means is when you individuate from source in the very beginning, your soul goes on a journey and we travel through all different dimensions and realms. I believe we live in other planets and planes. And of course we come to earth and we spend hundreds of lifetimes here learning and growing. We love earth because it is a place where we truly can kind of learn in a way that we don't really learn in a physical form in other dimensions. So we come here again and again and again, because most of us get kind of trapped in these karmic patterns or the karmic wheel of life. And it's not about punishment. It's not about, you know, um, being wrong or bad and having to make up for that badness or that wrongness. It's really about our learning and our growth, which is why we set up situations for ourselves to be challenged, to learn. And that is literally what a lot of our kind of traumatic experiences, our painful events, our challenges are about, is about are remembering in a bigger way who we are, where we've been, what we've done, that life is infinite, that souls are infinite. So we really have this huge library, which is what we call the Akashic Record. And that huge library is there for you to actually access so you can get this information for yourself if you're looking for it. Wow. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Like I've, I've, I've heard about um, Akashic Records before, but the way you've explained it is so simple. It just makes sense now. <laughs> right. Yes. And, and it really is kind of a, a simple idea. If you can imagine that everything you've been or done, I like the kind of concept of, you know, um, uh, say a video and the iCloud, right? So if you imagined your day was videoed all day long and then it was uploaded to the cloud every night. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to go and look back and see, what was I like when I was one? Or what was I doing when I was 13? Or what happened that was so painful for me when I was um you know, 22, what, what was going on that I didn't understand or didn't see then. And we can pull up these records in our own personal library that we call the Akashic record. Mm, That's amazing. And so with that, how are you helping people to understand their soul's intelligence? Right. So in two different ways, because, um, A lot of people are in a place where they just really need help, healing information. I, of course, do Akashic Record readings and healing sessions. And one of the very profound things is that the Akashic Record is part of divine source energy. It is stored in the quantum field of the all. And so when I go into someone's Akashic Records for them, I can go outside of time and space into your childhood, into past lives and clear emotional pain and trauma that has kept you kind of locked down or blocked in a variety of different kinds of ways. Wow. So yeah, it's very powerful healing because we really can say, 
where is this person say um, blocked around, you know, self-esteem and moving forward in their life and bringing their wisdom out for humanity. I have so many healers or, or, you know, um, uh, light workers come to me who say, you know, I, I, I'd like to get out there in a bigger way. I'd like to share my gifts, but I'm afraid to, mm. right? And that fear comes from past lives where we were killed for our gifts. Wow. Right? Sometimes wow. our childhood where people told us we were crazy if we could see angels or, <laughs> or people who have crossed over and they said, you're just silly. You're crazy. There's something wrong with you, right? I mean, so we yeah. shut it down. We don't want to be thought of as crazy, so we shut down our gifts. And so, you know, here years later, people are saying, you know, how do I open my gifts again? How do I clear this fear? How can I step into my own personal power so I can share this wisdom with other people? Yeah. Wow. I'm just thinking so, like, oh, sorry, carry on. <laughs> oh, oh, I was going to say just so we can go back and look at all these different places, planes, these, these childhood, these other lives, the different aspects that have all created that block that you're experiencing now, because we're complicated. It's never one simple thing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking as you were saying that is that can you sometimes have those flashbacks so you could be like fast asleep and you have a flashback from like a previous life is that would that be linked to the Akashic and you could go the records and you could like look into that yes absolutely um so in a couple of different ways, we when we come into a body, we actually bring with us something that I call a past life backpack. So we actually kind of pack up a bunch of the past lives we want to work on in this lifetime. And so, yes, we can definitely go into the Akashic Records and do some big healing around them. And they're kind of there and available for us to start to remember and, and to be aware of. And often they are connected to some of the karmic patterns that we wanted to work on. So if kind of for an idea, I said, um, I would really like to, you know, work on abundance. I would like to work on being a healer and actually making a living at it. And so I'm going to take all those past lives where I was a monk or a nun, where I took vows of poverty. I'm going to shove those all in my past life backpack wow. and bring them with so that I can remember them mm. and I can clear them and heal them. And I can shift those, clear those vows of poverty. I can shift into creating a balanced life, a balanced um, kind of healing um, kind of work in the world. And so we're, they're often kind of, uh, conscious or semi-conscious to us. And so we might have those, they pop up in our dreams or kind of in a daydream. Sometimes even we know stuff that we would think <laughs> I shouldn't know that, but we do. And, and it really is a lot of the soul plan. A lot of the information we write into our soul plan um, we bring with us energetically into our uh, into our energy field so that we can access it and start to remember it. And so let me just talk a little bit about what our soul plan is. Let me just kind of explain that also. So before <laughs> we're born, we as a soul say, okay, I want to make a plan. 
So when I go to earth, I want to have soul contracts with Mm -hmm. these 12 people. I want to support them. A few of them I want to learn from. A few of them I might have old kind of incomplete karmic patterns I want to work through. And of course, it's always about learning and growing. So it's not about punishment, as I say. So we can have a very challenging relationship, but the soul's desire is to be able to move to places of forgiveness and compassion and to be able to move forward and and learn from that challenge. That's the challenge is the karmic pattern that we want to learn and grow around. Uh So we write those into our soul contracts and our soul plan, as well as gifts and talents we want to share with the world. So I want to bring some of my healing gifts and tools back with me. I want to bring some of the um, gifts of being a writer and having written books in other lifetimes. I want to bring some divine, for me, divine feminine energy back into um, my life and um, I've raised four children and, you know, I wanted to be a mother, which is kind of was surprising to me because I really <laughs> didn't think I did, but apparently I wrote four soul contracts. So there I was. <laughs> anyway, So sometimes it's not always completely conscious, right? I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I'll have, you know, one, maybe <laughs> two, you know, and then my second turned into twins. And so there was three under one and a half. And then my nephew moved in with us as a teenager. And there I had my four all of a sudden, almost overnight. Wow. But, <laughs> right. So for me, it was going into the records because my first um, reaction to this aspect of my soul plan was overwhelm and actually victimhood. Like, I have a one and a half year old. Now I have twins. <laughs> I have three babies. I am completely and utterly overwhelmed. What the heck is going on here? And then my nephew needed a place to live and he lived in our school district. So I said, well, of course I'm going to take him in so he can stay in school and not have to move up with his grandparents and change schools. Oh. And so I thought it was for a month. Right. And so, but again, <laughs> me as a personality, as a human, I'm completely and utterly overwhelmed and thinking, what the heck? Like, you know, I tend to go occasionally to that place of victim. Like, why is this happening to me? What did I do wrong? I mean, no matter what I know, there's this little weird sliver that likes to show up and be like, what did I do wrong? (laughs) You know, And I'm like, okay. The record keepers are like, you wrote four soul contracts to, to support these four souls. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. All good. I'll get over myself, you know? So for me, it's been so helpful to access the Akashic records, to help me to understand the bigger picture Mm -hmm. and to move out of any kind of place of feeling like a victim or feeling overwhelmed or feeling like I can't handle this. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough, big enough, strong enough, smart enough, whatever, all of that, that most of us humans have. And it supports us. Our Akashic record keepers will say, oh, no problem. You've run orphanages in other lifetimes. No problem. You've been, you know, the priestess in an ancient mystery school. You've got this healing thing. Don't worry. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And it was just interesting when you were just saying about the victimhood, like I totally understand that that was, that's kind of what happened in the hospital when I had a cancer scare. It was like, I sat there feeling sorry for myself and was like, why me? 
what have I done to deserve this? And then the voice, uh, the voice came and was like, you created this. And I was like, huh? Who's talking to me? Where is this coming from? And and then I heard, it's time to heal. And I was like, oh, am I going crazy? <laughs> like in the beginning. But it's so fascinating, isn't it? That the voice, when you hear it, it's so powerful. And it, it, it is. And right. So my, my serious soul purpose is to help humanity to hear that soul voice. Oh. And what the record keeper said to me many, many years ago when they asked me to help them bring the Akashic Records back to humanity, they said, we pulled this information away from the earth about a thousand years ago because people misused it for their own gain back during the dark ages. Wow. Right. So I was, yeah, I was like, wow. Okay. So they said, it's time now because this is actually everyone's birthright Mm. to have access to their own soul's library. And so if you'll help us, we will give you all the information that you need to help, you know, people to access this information for themselves. Wow. I have goosebumps, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And so I said, even though I was, of course, very overwhelmed with my four children, I said, said, well, sure, you can't say no to that. And and so they started to give me um, access prayers, which they said, you know, we access, we'll teach, we'll give you access prayers, which are vibrational keys that make it simple for people to move into their Akashic record, move into this Akashic field by using these access prayers, right? So vibrationally, they raise our energy and shift us into the quantum field, but the Akashic aspect area of the quantum field. And so the record keepers over the year have given me um, six different access prayers because they're connected to different kind of star seed concepts of different planets and different worlds and different realms. So it makes it easier for more people to connect to the energy and move into their Kashuk records. So So I teach online workshops about three times a year right now. Probably it will grow (laughs) as more and more people are waking up and starting to understand this concept, right? Because when you can start to talk to your own personal record keepers every day and you can ask them specific questions and get like real information and do this very powerful quantum healing for yourself, it's very, um, very helpful, very profound type of work. And like, it, like the record keeper said, it's, it's simple. They've given me what they call a five-step wisdom prayer system, which is what I teach. Wow. That's so powerful. And I just love what you're doing because so many people are on their journeys and they feel lost. And just having the record keepers, like you said, would just make life so much easier <laughs> just to to understand what's going on here. And it's like, right, it's going back into that folder in my head. (laughs) You know, so yeah, it's, it's, and to me, the, the um, kind of the superpower 
is that we can ask specific questions and get specific answers, right? Where you don't get that with your chills, right? So we get, so most of us are pretty, you know, clairsentient. We have a lot of feeling emotions and energies and, and different things, you know, chills and goosebumps and stuff like that. But to be able to go that next step deeper, to have a tool that will take you into a space where you can be in your own personal Akashic library, speaking to your own personal Akashic librarians that are really here just for you. So each of us have our own library and our own librarians, and they're just waiting to talk to you. Wow. I guess would you say that we had this information before when we were younger but because obviously society we as a child like you're listening to what everybody else is saying and following the system that we kind of forget to hear that or is it that it's it's awakening as we get older you know i would say that a little bit of both you know we're all very unique the way you know we receive information i know that a lot of um people are very open and um they they see even more of the the loved ones who have crossed over they see the angels a lot of those kind of energies will show up when we're young i don't think that the record keepers tend to show up too much when we're young because they want us to have kind of a solid um path to be pretty grounded so it's interesting all these years ago when they um started to teach me to teach other people, they say, but we don't read the records of people who are under 18. And we, um, because we want them to be able to consciously as this personality embodied to make their choices and to not be told what's in their records. Right. So it's very important for us to have this organic life. That's why we come here to earth. Mm, that makes sense it really yeah. does wow so I think it's a, when we're a little bit older but often in our late teens and early 20s and things like that we might start to get downloads or we might start to know things that claircognizance that clear knowingness will kick in and we'll be like oh, I just kind of kind of remember or know on some level right that yeah. I'm I came to be a healer and And so even with all of kind of my past life memories and such that were showing up, I would say that they were really coming more from my my past life backpack more than the record keepers really speaking to me. I don't think Uh, they really started to um, speak to me until I was in my 30s. Otherwise, I saw my grandfather who had crossed over would show up. I remember walking home one morning I was about 22 and I was a bartender in San Francisco. I remember walking home one morning at 10 a.m., right? I hadn't been home to bed and um, I'm still wearing my cocktail dress from the night before. And I walked by a woman and it's like our eyes locked for an instant. And the message that came through really loud and clear in my head was, this is not who you are. (gasps) Yeah. And I almost just stopped in my track and I, and I thought, oh, that that moment, that message may have actually saved my life because I was going down a dark rabbit hole. Wow. And 
you know, it was really very much again in San Francisco, this is the early eighties. It was about, you know, drugs, a lot of drugs and um, Mm. yeah. And it just kind of caught me and stopped me up, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I thought, Oh God, thank you, God. (laughs) Wow. I do understand that actually, because it was a situation, gosh, in my, I think it was like late twenties. Yeah. It's probably around late twenties where there was somebody I was interested in, but it couldn't happen because they were getting engaged to somebody. And there was all these feelings. And every time like we were around each other, there was these feelings, but nothing ever happened. I used to always wonder like, should I say something? Should I not? He's engaged. And like, I, I always had these like doubts at that point. And then one day I was waiting um, on the tube platform and the, the, the tube doors opened and a woman came out and kind of like what you said, looked at me and smiled and I heard the voice I cheated on him with with um I cheated on I, I sorry he cheated on you with me in another lifetime and I went oh that makes sense and then I just got on the tube and <laughs> that was it I was like that's so strange but it was a very strange feeling and she smirked the way the smile was it's like I knew her before and I knew what had happened and she kind of just brought that memory like, as to why that never worked out and I was like ah oh. But it was just very, it was a surreal moment because I thought, again, uh, where's this voice coming from? Who is this? (laughs) Right. Wow. Right. I mean, it is, it is very profound when we can, you know, get it and, and accept that message and say, okay, that relationship is not meant to be, or I am not to go down that rabbit hole any further time to crawl back out again and find the light. And, you know, it really can be that saving grace um, for us. And, you know, I think when we don't listen, then sometimes it's, you know, then the next thing happens and the next thing happens. And hopefully we get to kind of come back around and, and, and pull ourselves out of that rabbit hole. Yeah. Wow. But listening is very useful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Gosh. Oh gosh, we are coming towards the end of the show. I've just realized (laughs) the time went so fast. Um, I've just got a few more questions left for you. And the first one is, what are your five top tips for someone who wants to connect to their soul, but they don't really know where to start? Mm. So what I would say is that many of us are not getting our messages from our soul because we have actually so many other people in our energy field. Mm. right? Most of us are not the sovereign of our body, which means we are not owning our physical body and our auric field and our energy field. We have, you know, we have cords in our space, we have other people chatting away in our head. (laughs) And so um, one of the things I highly recommend, and I teach in my workshops is to create really good boundaries for yourself. And so whatever you can do, and here's a very simple tool I use, I just think, please move everyone, right? Who's not me, everyone out of my head, out of my body, out of my energy field, and just connect them up to divine source for a healing. Mm. Send them to God for a healing or mother, father, goddess, God, whatever the God of your understanding is. I want them to get a healing and I'm not doing it. 
because it's not my job. Mm. So I imagine like all the cords that are in my body, I just see all those, that little bundle of cords hook up to the sun. My son, the sun is kind of my symbol or representation of, of divine source energy. Please hook them up for a healing, move them out of my field. And then I like to fill myself up with beautiful divine source golden light. And so I imagine golden energy pouring down into my crown chakra, filling my whole physical body, spilling over, filling my whole auric field, creating a beautiful golden egg. That's kind of what your, your aura looks like when it's all filled with gold, like a big golden egg. And that helps you to be the sovereign of your body and your energy field. And that gives you space and it creates boundaries from the inside out. So you're not building walls. You're just making yourself solidly you filled with the highest and best energy of you. And then it's easier to hear our messages from our record keepers or from our angels it's actually so much easier to hear our own soul speak to us because it becomes more quiet in our head when we've moved all those people out. I love that. I understand that as well because I'm, I'm a highly sensitive person. So growing up, I would pick up everybody's problems and absorb it as if it was my own. And as I went on my healing journey and I learned about boundaries and I would just send, like you said, like send up the energy and it's not mine and send them love. And honestly, it changed my life for the better. I know it is simple and it is powerful. And then once you've really kind of done that and get that kind of down as a, you know, these are the boundaries that I live in and this is perfect. Mm -hmm. And then we can go on and start to talk to our soul. We drop out of our head space and down into our sacred heart center. Mm And then we invite our soul to speak to us. What messages do you have for me today, my dear soul? And we just sit in a little bit of quiet and we don't have to sit for a long time. We can just give ourselves, you know, five minutes to fill ourselves with our highest light and get into our heart center and just ask for a simple message today. It's lovely. Um what are the other three tips? <laughs> oh, well, I kind of ran them all together there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Getting out of your head, into your heart, listening to your soul, creating good boundaries, making sure you're well grounded in your body. So your soul is nice and grounded down into your hips. Most of us don't come very far down into our bodies. And when we get all the way down into our hips, then it's easier to create and manifest what we want in this world, in this dimension. So getting really grounded is, you know, it used to sound like people would say, oh, you should be more grounded. And I think, who cares? What do I want to be grounded for? It's dense <laughs> down here, right? But what I realized when I got really grounded, I could create and manifest with ease because mm. that creating and manifesting happens very much with your heart, your fourth chakra and your solar plexus, your third chakra. And those two energies are the superpower around manifesting and creating what your heart and soul desire. Wow. Thank you for those. Wow. I'm blown away. <laughs> oh gosh. Wow. 
And what what are you most grateful for? Mm. <laughs> I oh my heavens, I'm grateful for so many things, but I am very, very grateful to be blessed to be able to share this Akashic wisdom and healing work um, all over the world with people all over the world and humanity. So I feel very, very blessed to, to be able to do this work. Mm, that's beautiful. And what shines your inner light? What shines? Yeah. Well, of course, the records. Of course, <laughs> I spend all of my time pretty much every day in the Akashic field. And again, just the blessings to have a beautiful, kind, loving family. I've been married now for almost 31 years with our oh. four kids and puppies and kitties. And <laughs> I just feel very, very blessed to be connected in this world in so many ways to my family and to the greater community. And so that just really makes that light turn on and shine even brighter when I get to hug all my babies. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Lisa, for just being on the show and sharing your amazing wisdom. And just, I can see how much you're changing so many people's lives. Just thank you and keep doing what you're doing. Mm, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure and really a joy to share this wisdom and to be with you today. And thank you for all of all of the wisdom you share all the time with your community. So it is so important for each and every one of us to share our light. And so I am grateful for you. Oh, bless you. <laughs> Gosh, the Akashic Records is so fascinating. Um, I definitely think it's worth checking into and just even talking to Lisa. If you're struggling with anything or you're just not sure what path you need to take, I think definitely speak to her and she can help you just go onto that road of just more awareness and more understanding of what you're here to do. Unfortunately, that is the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. The Akashic records are the impressions from all of our past lives that are available within our casual body. That's a quote by Frederick Lenz. Take care, my sisters. Bye. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit.